Hey, welcome to the No Decaf Podcast with your host and tech startup owner, Adam Araujo. No Decaf is about the journey that non-technical and technical founders face, the issues that they encounter along the way, and how to avoid or fix them. So go grab some No Decaf and welcome to the show. Woo! Here we go. We are live. So, everyone, welcome to No Decaf Podcast. And today, we have... Ed Forteau. Is that how you pronounce it? Excellent. Well done. All right. We have Ed Forteau of Higher Open Rates. Um, he's the owner and CEO and extraordinaire. He has a, a ton of experience. He's been in the marketing space for 30 years. And so, Ed, tell us a little bit more about kind of what you do um, with your company. Well, I, I, let me tell you the story of how we got to where we are. Uh, sure. I, a lot of people that own agencies prospecting becomes a big part of what we do, getting in new clients uh, to replace old clients is critical. And I think in any agency, that's been the case for whether you're a large agency or a small agency, bringing in new clients is the lifeblood of your business. And so one of the ways we were looking at doing that more effectively was with cold email. Cold email is cost-effective. It's, it's a lot cheaper than pretty much any other method of, of marketing. And the results are almost instant. Within a week, you know whether you've got something that's working or not. So I was approached by uh, an, an established ESP that had a new program that they were doing. They just they needed beta testers for it. And, for those who are uh, not aware of what an ESP is, go ahead and let them know. <laughs> uh, Internet service provider. So like uh, Aweber or MailChimp or anybody, anyone like that. Nice. Um, so they had this, this new program, and it did three things. It, it, it had the email addresses of the people that you wanted to prospect. So you go into the system, you look for a specific industry, they would get the leads for you, they download them into their own email client, and then you would create your own email sequence. And it was usually a five to seven email sequence, and included with that would be a voiceless ring uh, voiceless uh, a ringless voicemail and text messages and a lot of people are very familiar with the ringless te- uh, voicemail so this was kind of new that they brought all those things under one umbrella and I was pretty excited about it so I I purchased a well purchased a monthly subscription to their system it took a while to understand how to work it and then I created the, the email sequence. It was a seven email sequence sequence. And before I started to I wanted to make it live, I wanted to test it out on seven email accounts that I had. So I set the email accounts up, I, I fired that bad boy up, sat back and just waited for the emails to come in and for the text messages and the voicemail drops, and nothing happened. Wow. Forty eight email forty-nine emails went out. And 48 of them were nowhere to be found. Uh, one of them was in the spam folder. And I'm going like, what's going on? I, this is an established That's company. crazy, yeah. This is not what's supposed to happen. So I contact their tech support. I explain to them what happened. They go, well, let us check into it. They get back to me and they say, well, all the emails were delivered from our end. I go, okay. Right. So, <laughs> uh, and that, that was the end of the conversation. That, so, that's crazy. That's like yeah. that's like going to the store and swiping your card and walking out, and they'd be like, "Hey, it didn't go through." It'd be like, "Well, I swiped the card. It went right, through on exactly. my end." <laughs> I know, right? And so I ended up 
canceling my subscription with those guys and digging into, well, why aren't the emails getting delivered? So I did a lot of study on that, and I realized that things had changed since I had been doing email marketing. I'd been doing email marketing for over 20 years. In 1999, I was uh, creating email campaigns for clients using this desktop software called Postmaster. It wasn't designed to do workflows or anything like that, just kind of bulk mail, but I was able to jerry-rig it and work with them so that we could do workflows and if somebody opened an email, then they'd go into another workflow. Uh, It worked really well, and I sold a ton of those to mortgage brokers. So I was familiar with how email Email works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and running campaigns and using it for prospecting. But what I didn't know was how th- how much things have changed because of security measures. I mean, think about now if you log into a bank, uh, your you may have your bank uh, website. You may be asked to do uh, double verification. You may get a test message just to make sure that it's you or any software application or sometimes any membership site. They they double verify that you are who you are. Well, email didn't have that level of security. And because there are so many different mailbox providers and email service providers, they they don't talk the same language. They don't do the same things. But they found three things that they did. And one was authentication. Uh, And all of them kind of came to agreement on there's a certain level of authentication to make sure that the person who says they're sending the email out is actually mailing out that email. And one of the reasons why they did this is because a lot of people don't realize this, that there's over 300 billion emails sent every single day, which is a lot of emails. Yeah, that is a lot of emails. Uh, It's a lot of emails. And 90% of those emails are spam. So in order for them to filter out all of those spam messages, they needed to put these authentication uh, protocols into place just to make sure that who was said they were sending out the emails were actually sending out the emails. And if you don't set up those authentications properly, your emails just won't go out. They'll, 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 tell, the, they'll tell the mailbox provider that receives them that they're spam. I don't know if a lot of people, and I don't want to get into a lot of the technical aspects of this, sure. but a lot of people don't realize what the journey of an email is. So they write it, they, they have their list, they push send, and they think, okay, it's going to go out to everybody. But first it goes through an SMTP, which is kind of this clearinghouse of all the emails. And then from there, the emails go out to the individual mailbox providers like Yahoo, Google, Outlook. At that point, the the email bus providers then look at the email, they take it through a series of checkpoints. Now, I'll stop here and just say that 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 part is delivered. So when the ESPs say we have a 99% delivery rate, it means that we 99% of the time we'll deliver your email to the mailbox provider. That mm, doesn't to the mean SMTP. That, right. And okay. That doesn't mean, well, to, not to the SMTP, t- TP, that the SMTP will forward it to the mailbox provider. So uh, my email will go to, say, you have Gmail. They guarantee that your email will go to Gmail. But at that point, the guarantee ends. So Gmail mm-hmm. decides whether it's going to pass it on to you. And what it decides is, is this email uh, an email that somebody wants? Does it go into your primary email box? Or does it go into the um, promotional email box? Or does it go into spam? Right. Or, it, or do they just block it? Do they put it in quarantine? Which is 
the worst place for it to be, and I'll explain why in a second. So then they go through the series of checks. They look at the subject line. They look at the body copy. They look at the, the reputation of the domain, the reputation of the IP address, and then they, then they go through those authentication checks. Is the, SMT, is the SPF record set up properly? Is the DKIM record set up properly? Is there a DMARC record there? And if you pass all of those, and, you, and it doesn't look like it's spam, then you go into the primary email box. If you don't check off one of those boxes, the likelihood that it goes into the, the promotional folder or the spam box or is blocked goes up and sometimes goes up dramatically. What a lot of people don't realize is that business email gets blocked more than personal email. Personal email usually gets through, but business email may not arrive anywhere from 22 to 49% of the time. And, we're and, and it takes a long time for it to yeah. get there sometimes, too. Yeah, and it, and it can be delayed, especially since COVID, because more people are using email now. So you're, sometimes you're seeing our emails take longer, and a lot more emails are being blocked because they're not properly set up with, with their authentication. So, and, and, and so when did you really, I mean, aside from like that, that point in time, when did you start to feel like, oh, well, I think I need to start a company helping people out with this? Because obviously, you know, you had that issue. Did you talk to other people who had similar issues with that 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 um, that uh, ESP, the Internet Service Provider uh, or email service provider? I forgot which one you said it was or, or like what, what kind of got you started on that journey? Because this is an issue that I know plenty of people have. I know way too many people who have this issue. So, yeah, it, it's funny. I didn't realize how bad it was until I experienced it myself. Zero like percent uh, of the emails got into the inbox. So I got connected with this lead analyst for a major ESP. Uh, a friend of mine connected us, and he started walking me through this process of why things get blocked and how many people get blocked. He sees millions of emails every day. So he sees how much of these emails get blocked. And he was telling me how common it was. For, for example, um, most, a lot of people set up DMARC properly. And if you don't understand what DMARC is, it's kind of like uh, you have an alarm system for your home. Okay. And ST, SPF would be locking your windows. DKIM would be, and that's the different authentications, DKIM authentication would be like, locking your doors. And then DMARC would be like the security system that you have that makes sure that everything's working. Mm. And so if you have DMARC set up, uh, uh, somebody who's maybe an aggressive uh, person who wants to spoof your email, if, if, if they want to get past your SPF and DKIM records authentication, they can do it. And there's, there's YouTube videos that show people how to do it. But if you have DMARC set up properly, when somebody tries to breach your, your email uh, account, the alarms go off and ju- it just shuts them down from sending out any email. So it's kind of like the alarm goes off on your, your home alarm system. The cops get called. They show up at your house. They arrest the, the criminal and take them away and without any damage being done. And I, I thought that, well, most people... They do have uh, DMARC set up, but they don't have it set up right. In fact, 99% of companies don't. And this is how it happened. I'm having a conversation with my, at the time, he he became my new business partner. 
and we're just talking on uh, Zoom. And he asked me casually, uh, give me a name of uh, one of the websites you have that I haven't seen or worked on. And I didn't think anything of it, so I gave him the name of that website. And, uh, we, and we keep talking. And I'm watching him as we're talking. He's doing, he's actually typing some things. I, I hardly noticed that. Mm-hmm. Two minutes later, he said, check your email for that, for that uh, domain. So, and I only have one email account set up on that domain. So I go there and he sends me this email and it's from somebody else. So he set up a new account. He sent an email. He said, I just hacked your email account and I can do anything I want with it in the subject line and the body copy. Wow. And he did that within about two minutes while talking to me on Skype. I'm going, oh my God, I just got in business with the super hacker. I thought. <laughs> that I, is insane. I <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But he said, that's how easy it is. And then I thought he kind of overstated the fact that so many companies don't have proper DMARC protection. And we started to go through Fortune 500 companies like Ford and Porsche, and they don't have DMARC protection. He could easily go into any of those Fortune 500 companies and set up an account and send out thousands of emails, and it would be done within 10 minutes, effectively ruining their, their domain reputation. It would cost thousands of dollars to fix it. And most entrepreneurs couldn't afford it. It would, it, it would put them out of business. Sure, yeah. Same thing. So yeah, same thing with cybersecurity. I mean, that's, in essence, that's a this is a form of cybersecurity, right? Um, but it also affects the deliverability of, of your emails. And, it does. It does. Yeah. And so, um, how does how does higher open rates work? Like, how do you get it to where you can help people um, make sure that they're protected? Make sure you know they don't get hacked or make sure whatever the case may be, and also make sure that their people are getting their emails. Um, right. Obviously not, not the annoying ones, the ones who, you know, send you to spam. I'm talking about, you know, legit emails like, right. Hey, your bill is due or Hey, you have a invoice, um, which is pretty important. If it keeps going to spam or maybe a, a document that you need signed, right. it, it happens all the time. It, it does. It happens more often than people realize. And sometimes what occurs is that, for example, you're having this conversation going back on email with a prospect and it, it, you get to a point where you're sending a document. So you send an attachment and maybe that's a contract, maybe, uh, or you're sending an invoice to something you didn't work for. Well, because it's a document, now there's an attachment. Now the, the email provider, email, email box providers are scrutinizing that email a little more closely. So sure. they're really looking at whether you have proper authentication. They're looking at the subject line, the body copy. They're, they're looking to see what your domain reputation is. They're looking to see what the IP reputation is. And even though the other emails got there, that one, because things weren't set up properly, may not get through. And that's caught. I, I, everyone I talked to has had that happen to them once where a document never got there. And they either thought, well, this person was just wasting my time. I thought I had a real prospect, but apparently they weren't because you know they're not answering my email. On the other side of it, the prospect's thinking, why hasn't this person sent me this contract? I, right. I can't do business with somebody that's not going to follow through. And then this miscommunication happens, and all of a sudden, two people that were having a good relationship in rapport are kind of fighting because they don't now trust the other person. Sure. And, it's just, and a lot of times, it's just a simple matter of, the email just never got there. If if the person said I didn't get the email, 
you may want to believe them as opposed to just thinking it did. And so you guys at higher open rates help companies fix everything, hopefully. Yeah, right. So the the first thing we do is we look at the email architecture to make sure that everything's set up properly. And doing that alone usually increases somebody's open rates by 10 to 20%, just right off the bat. And that happens almost immediately. We fix it in a day. The next day they send out emails and the open rate goes up 10 to 20%. And that's pretty significant for for a lot of people. Now, for other people that have uh, other things that they do, it's usually if you have a subscription service. And so you may not be setting up your um, your segmentation properly or the timing of those emails that go out once you segment your list may not be good. Or because it's cost you, say, a dollar per subscriber, you're not willing to take subscribers off that aren't opening up your emails. And what typically people do is if somebody's not opening up their emails, they e- email them more, which hurts your domain reputation. It's this vicious cycle and then lowers your open rate even lower and creates a problem with your domain reputation and your IP reputation. And now nobody's getting your emails. And we've had several clients in that situation where their open rates were 25, 30%. And what typically happens is you see this slow drop in your, in your open rates and then all of a sudden, it just falls off a cliff. It goes from 30% slowly down to about 20 22%. And then all of a sudden, it's 2%, 1%, wow. and nothing's getting through. And that's, that's a matter of not cleansing, cleaning, cleaning your list, not making sure that all the authentications are properly set up, not segmenting the list and taking out, say, your customers versus your prospects and emailing them at different times and reducing the amount of times that you email them, right? Emailing yeah, somebody once. the amount of times you email people who don't open. Like that would just... Right, yeah. right. If they're not opening an email after, say, 90 days, that's being pretty generous. If they haven't opened up your email in 90 days, they probably aren't going to open it. You should take that person off your list. They're doing more harm than they will good. Okay. Remember, the small percentage of people that will open and buy is so small, it, it's not equal to the amount of customers you're going to lose because those people aren't going to get your emails. Sure. That makes sense. So let's say someone who, you know, is interested in kind of what you got going on and they want to learn more about, um, you know, kind of, you know, everything that you do to, to help them. How would they get in contact with you guys to schedule? Uh, yeah, well, I would. the first thing I would do is I would go to higheropenrates.com backslash Adam. Okay. Uh, there they'll get on our mailing list, and they'll actually get a report from us on how to get out of the Gmail promotional box, which a lot of people do that. It's a 28-point, 27-point checklist on how to get out of the email, um, out of Gmail's promotional inbox. And from there, we communicate with everybody. They'll get the report. They you can reply to that email. Uh, set up an appointment it will if get you delivered. want. And it, it will get delivered. Yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't get delivered, we got a problem. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and this, I mean, because sometimes if if you did like a reactivation campaign, I mean, that that could literally mean the difference. If a twenty percent difference could mean the difference of at least one or two clients, which could be huge. I mean, you look at it. Let's say the average lifetime value of a client is uh, four months and you know you're doing a thousand a month 
And let's say you get two or three clients out of that 20%. Um, that's, that's huge. That's big money. And it's just being, you're losing it by emailing those people who don't want to, to, to hear you. So, um, and I know you did put together that list of, uh, the 27 different ways to get out of the inbox. And it's at the ticker at the bottom, higheropenrates.com. For those who are listening, higheropenrates.com forward slash Adam. And you can get that, that checklist to make sure that you're making sure all your emails are getting delivered. And if it's, and if it's so bad to the point where nothing's getting delivered, you know, obviously Ed's more than happy to hop on uh, a meeting and, and see what he can do to help you guys. So, and, and even if you have what you think are good open rates, uh, it's rare when we come across somebody that doesn't have all the boxes checked and we can do an audit to tell you, okay, here's, here's what, here's what inboxes you're getting in, where they're landing. Are they landing in the promotional folder? Are they landing in the primary folder? Are they landing in spam? Are there people, are there emails that just aren't getting, getting delivered because they're going into quarantine, which that's kind of the most insidious place for them to land because the mailbox providers don't tell you that they've gone into quarantine. Right. And if they don't tell you, there's you can't do anything about it. But they put them in quarantine to give you time to fix whatever problems that they see. But they don't tell you that that's what they're doing. And if you don't fix the problems within a given period of time, then you'll start to see your emails go into the spam folder and or be completely blocked. And it happens suddenly and you don't even know it. So... If what we tell people is that when you do, uh, you should do a regular audit just to see where your emails are landing. And if you find that 3% or more of your emails are being blocked or put into quarantine, there's a problem that you need to address. So you have time. There's, there's things that you could do to make sure that you're, never gonna, you're not going to have a problem and then address the problem before it occurs. Fair enough, man. I mean, I'm sure we could be on this call for, you know, two hours dissecting every little thing because I just feel like it's just, there's just so much to do. Um, But I think a good start for someone who wants to check it out is at that higheropenrates.com forward slash Adam. And you'll be able to get that uh, 27 tips to make sure your, your, you know, emails are getting delivered. I think probably the most important part that I feel a lot of people don't put a lot of weight to uh is the cybersecurity part of it that's i that i had no idea about that is um extremely uh scary to know that if you have a list of 3000 clients and they're just getting random emails from people and you know it could be hey your bills due uh you yeah. owe us taxes here's 30 bucks click on the link to pay and they just got you know 3000 times 30 um, directly to their account, and it came from your inbox. So, yeah, the, the penalty for that for for someone spoofing your account because they you, you're the one who gets sued. Not they yeah. try to find the people that spoof the account, but you're the one that's on the line. You're the one who's responsible for it. And the average cost of that happening to a small business is fifty seven thousand dollars, and it happens way more frequently frequently than you think. I think last year there was over 480,000 times uh, companies that that happened to. So there's a lot of businesses in the world, but you don't want to be on the to-do list of a hacker when they decide that you're, you're the account, you're the website that they decide to hack that day and, and spoof. And it happens fast. It happens so fast, you wouldn't even know what would ha- it happened 
and it would be over in 10 minutes, 30 minutes, and it's done. Wow. That just gives anyone uh, who's listening to this on the replay uh, some some pretty um, or much needed urgency to, to contact Ed because uh, that's crazy. But hey, yeah, I really yeah. yeah, and I really appreciate you coming on the call or on the on the uh, the podcast, and I look forward to having you on again and possibly going over a little bit different, maybe um, you know how you grew your business to, to where you are now, and so. Uh, if you yeah, got any I'd love to talk about that. Yeah, and if anyone has any questions or they want to reach out to Ed again, uh, the website's down on the ticker. For those who are listening, higheropenrates.com forward slash Adam. So with that being said, uh, thanks for hopping on and I will see everyone on the next episode. Thanks. Thanks, Adam. You've been listening to the No Decaf Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Until next time.